morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday, TGIM. Happy Monday for everybody who's here live. Wherever you are, whenever you're here, thanks for being here. Audio, video, live on demand, whenever. Thanks. Much appreciated. This is the week before Passover, which means that we will be uh, off next week returning the following Tuesday, I believe. We'll get you the details. This is an incredible period of time. As you know, for the, if you've been with me for a little bit, holidays and events that take place in our history don't just happen. They, they happen and are memorialized for very specific reasons, right? Lots of stuff has happened in our history, lots. Not everything is sort of, been memorialized in holidays and events that we commemorate because while everything connects to spirituality and spiritual energy, there are certain things that connect in ways that we need to specifically learn from. So if we have a holiday coming up, it's not because a long time ago something happened. We don't roll like that. If we have something coming up, it's because we have opportunity. That means what's going on right now no matter where you're connected, it don't matter. What's going on, what's going on right now? The spiritual world is the spiritual world is rocking. And there's there's unique opportunity to do things that we need to capitalize on, from what I understand. I'm not an expert in what's going on in the spiritual world. But that's what our our holy teachers teach us. And it behooves us. We want to live a good life. We want to live as empowered as possible. We want to live as connected as possible. The, the greatness of our life is going to come directly in our relationship to our soul. That's where the greatness comes from. It doesn't come from our bodies. Our bodies are the tools to take us to our, through our souls. Right? The soul is the, is the captain of the ship. The body is just the end. It's just the, the car that takes us places that just continuously gets older and older and older and harder and harder to work the soul that's driving it. it's the soul that has all the strength it's the soul that we can tap into in an, in a way that is you know in an infinite way so when you when we have times like this and we can tap into the spiritual energy where that's when we become free if you will and i want to spend just a few days talking about this stuff some of the lessons that we can learn so that we can tap into them on the upcoming holiday again regardless of your Religion, connection, whatever, it doesn't matter. These are lessons for life that we need to focus on now because now is the time. The store is open. Might as well. It happens all the time whenever there's change. There are certain people that seem to always profit on change. They've been spending years planning for a moment of dislocation and then boom. They seem to create fortunes when everyone else doesn't know which way is up. Well, that's how it works sometimes in the spiritual world too. When you prepare for something and then an event takes place like a holiday and you capitalize on it, you change yourself in a way that you couldn't if you had done it a month before or a month afterwards. You can always do it, but there are times that are more opportune than others. So for the next few days, I want to really talk about it. We spoke last week about narrative, 
what narrative means. Now we're going to speak a little bit more about freedom. Understand that the story of Passover is not the story of the Jews leaving Egypt. That's what happened, but it's only there to remind us as to what's going on. Because in Hebrew, Egypt is the word Meitzar, Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is the word Meitzar, which is contraction. When you feel like you are in a contracted state, when you feel like who you are is not fully representative as to who you think you should be. When you live your life and know there's more in you than is being expressed. I'm a better parent than this. I'm a better spouse than this. I'm a better friend than this. I'm, I'm much more spiritual. I'm much more generous than this. And we know because when when we encounter other people that are like that, sometimes it really awakens something inside us. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's really a real, indi- it's re- it's a real indicator. When I stand before somebody and they are, their life motivates me. It's because there's something about them that I know I can be. I don't want to be them, but there's a trait. A really once said to me that he heard it from a great rabbi that your first initial thought is who you are, right? That feeling. Our family is going through a, a loss. I, we, I just lost my aunt. Many of you prayed for her. Elka Baschai Rivka. If you remember, and for those of you who get the timeless lessons, we dedicated so many to her, to her um, recovery. She was a larger-than-life person. And there were so many great qualities about her, but she had this way of overcoming challenge, of being strong in adversity. And when you hear story, I mean, there's so many stories that we can talk about her forever. But when we just, yesterday I was at the Shiva house and they were telling stories about her and there's something that was so moving me and always moved me about her. It's because I want to be stronger. It's because I know that I could be stronger. I know. And so there's a piece of me that says there's more strength inside you that has to come out. And when I hear it from somebody else's life, it moves me. There are times I sit with people and they say things and I'm like, all right, that disconnect between what I know I have inside me to the frustration that it hasn't expressed itself at the level that it could. It doesn't mean that it doesn't express themselves at all. It, it, has, it hasn't expressed themselves at the level that it could. That's a contracted state of living. A contracted state of living is a living in which 
I'm not being me. I'm not living with the fullest expression of my true self. There are people that, that live in jobs like this, that they constantly feel contracted. There are people that, and I, and, and some of them are, are here whose souls are just growing, 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 growing. It's unbelievable. I get to watch it sometimes. They're living in this space of freedom. They're constantly freeing parts of themselves. For whatever reason, their backgrounds didn't give them, didn't afford them certain spiritual education and they're growing. It's unbelievable. But that balance, in my opinion, that balance is this world of Meitzarim, Meitzar, Mitzrayim, Egypt, and freedom. And what I want to delve in for the few days that we have before Passover is to really understand it. Maybe we'll take symbols of the Seder and talk about it. Thank you, everybody, for your sympathies. And my aunt. Let's start with one. This is a very unique day today and tomorrow in the Jewish calendar. It's hidden. It's hidden. But it's one of the most challenging days. One of the most powerful days in our history. So I want to take you back to Egypt. Now imagine if you can just for a few minutes being in Egypt watching nine incredible plagues. Now, for a second, be there. You're, the Jews have been in Egypt for 210 years. That's a long time. 210 years means that nobody alive knew anybody that wasn't a slave. And there was nowhere to go. There wasn't like, I know someone from London. I know someone, I see Michael from Germany's on. There was no, we've got, you know, a place in Israel. I went there after is I went there after high school. I went there for the summer. A bunch of guys flew together. No, there was none of that. There was nowhere else. There was no Israel. There was just Egypt. They never heard of anybody that wasn't in Egypt. They had stories, but like 210 years back in those days. When you are so immersed in an environment for so long, the environment becomes a part of you. If you look at something very interesting, if you want to really do a little bit of anecdotal study, look at the Jewish community in the different exiles that it rests. You'll see different communities. It's amazing. Look at the Jewish community that has spent its exile in the Middle East and compare it to the Jewish community that it spend its exiles in Europe and in Eastern Europe. They're, two, they're different communities. How? They have the same exact Torah. They have the same exact tradition. Because the whole culture seeps in. Look at the community here in America. It's a different community than the community that is in different parts of the world. The Eastern communities, the Western communities, the people are different. Why are they different for? They have the same olive base. They have the same... Passover, Yom Kippur, because the cultures seep 
into everything that we do. And we all want to be part of the lo local host culture. Nobody wants to be, no, no human being wants to be outcasted. So you can imagine that the Jewish people, after 210 years of slavery, were very much, and they didn't even have their own freedoms. It wasn't like they had like, you know, Jerusalem stone schools, kosher shops in the local stores, go to their own camps. Well, they didn't have that right. They were slaves. They were living in the Egyptian homes. They were serving Egyptians. They were building Egyptian pyramids. They were being forced to act, talk as much. I mean, they, they gathered whenever they can, to whatever extent they were able to. Now, the Egyptian host culture was the culture of idol worship. And the idol worships would worship the, uh, the, um, the signs, the astrological signs, the zodiacs. And back then, the powers were different. It's a whole conversation. But they were able somehow to create some reality that was based. On, on spiritual idol worship. And when you, or when they were involved in that, there were physical manifestations that they would worship. Now the, the most powerful zodiac, the, the, the father, if you will, the head zodiac was the zodiac of this month, which is the zodiac of the sheep. The sheep was considered to be the, the most powerful of all the zodiacs. And so the Egyptians would serve and worship, if you will, the sheep. That was sort of the center of the culture. Our, let's say our culture in America here today is probably celebrities. That's probably what our culture, if I would ask like, what's the American culture, it would probably be either celebrity or wealth or athleticism. It's very Greek. In some pockets, it's more idealistic. But if you just ask yourself like, which people get the most amount of honor and respect in the Western American society, it's probably someone who's a celebrity who's on a movie, someone who's an athlete or somebody who's very wealthy, right? I think so, or powerful. Power, wealth, celebrity. That's so if you can think about just a world in which we worship these people, where somebody who's on a screen walks down a block and people literally faint. They faint. When somebody makes an enormous amount of money on the cover of a magazine, it says master of the world. And they think they're the master of the world. When somebody score, and I'm a big sports fan, when somebody scores a touchdown, they are literally worshipped. They're worshipped. We have pictures of them in our homes. They're dolls that are made up in their image. People wear their jerseys. It's okay. I'm not judging it. I'm just mentioning it to build the paradigm for those who are already like getting uncomfortable that this is how we all live. It's okay. Just reality. There are people that scream when they see someone that they know that they've on a, on a, that's a celebrity. People will lie, cheat and steal for a little power. 
this is the things that we worship, unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't want to get into this. This is just the reality, unfortunately. If we worship real things, then it's a different conversation. Back then, if you could almost try to create the connection, the sheep, the zodiac, that was what people worshipped. I want you to understand, and I'm just trying to do this slowly so we get it. The Jews spent 210 being slaves. God shows up, and for one year, or 209, if you will, because they left on the 10th year, 210th year. So God shows up on the 10th year and shows himself through all the different plagues that he does. And right before they're about to leave, commands Moses to tell the Jews the following. On the 10th, on the 10th of Nisan, which is tomorrow, which was Shabbat at the time. So that meant today on Friday. The 9th of Nisan, which is today, was Friday then, right? That was the 9th. On the 10th, they had to take the sheep into their homes. That means the Jews had to go out. They didn't have sheep. They, where did they get sheep from? They were slaves. They had to go out and take sheep and drag the sheep into the house and tie it to the bed. Because on the 14th, which is the day before they left, on the 13th, they had to slaughter it. That means the Jews had to go out and take the God the God of the Egyptian people. They weren't out of Egypt yet. They weren't like high stepping in the desert, looking back and like tweeting. Yeah, your God's terrible. They weren't trash talking as the sea was splitting. You understand? They weren't in Israel being like, well, man, those guys, oh, they served the sheep losers. They weren't doing that. They were in Egypt with Pharaoh still in charge with Egyptian dudes all over the place, still their masters. They were freed because the, bat, the, Egypt, the Egyptians were still dealing with their plague problems, but they weren't like mentally freed, living in homes with their children. Can you imagine? Imagine if you walked down the street, that's a guy for his iPhone. Forget the celebrity, the iPhone. You took it, you're like, smash. Can you imagine? He's like, are you crazy? Can you just, just imagine for a second if like you kidnapped like a football player, God forbid? You know, like what? Can you imagine like Green Bay and kidnapping, you know what I'm saying, like Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? You know, the net you in three seconds, the entire Wisconsin would be around your house picketing you, you know what I'm saying? With like, you know, with pitchforks. Can you imagine if that would like happen? If somebody like kidnapped Brad Pitt? They took the sheep the gods that they even served I had to bring it into their house in preparation to sacrifice it. You know how hard that was? They had to give up everything they've ever believed in. They had to, they had to put themselves at risk. They had to put their families, their lives, their belief systems their cultural norms, everything at risk today. 
Why? So we're going to talk about it tomorrow. It has a lot to do with freedom. We all want to be free. We all want a great life. But there's a path. And God is laying it out. He's not torturing people. He ain't torturing. No, that's not his job. There's something going on here about what's blocking us. And I'll give you a hint. It's ourselves. And God was putting them through an exercise to show them how to break free of it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Tomorrow, with God's help, we'll, we'll continue on and really try for the next few days to figure out how we can become freer, greater people. Have an awesome day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.